Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. So now you had experience with the carbon, the drop shipping from Alibaba, the carbon fiber box, I mean, bike frames. You had the experience of racing. You had the experience of being in multiple countries and multiple different teams. You've met a whole lot of people. You learned a lot about how the world works. Because when you're in a team situation in cycling, that team dynamic, you know, I think cyclists, if they were paying attention, they could get a whole lot more benefit from being on those pro teams. Those like you're going through those tours and things like that. Just the team dynamic plays out in business the same way. The imperatives, you know, you've got deadlines, you've got cash flow, you've got sponsors, you know, people to please, you've got people to hire, people have got to perform at certain times. You got to get along with people. And so you were in those different dynamics with a lot of different teams. And so I bet, Pavel, you picked up a lot of great business lessons just by accident, just by being in those situations, which is kind of the same idea we go with on this podcast as we try and cover a lot of things. And then by accident or indirectly, people will get have light bulbs go on and say, wait a minute, that's the situation I'm in. That might work for me. And so you're quite, even though, you know, you didn't go to a uh, college and get a PhD in management and entrepreneur and branding and marketing and leadership, you got version of a PhD just by street smarts by the time you're early 20s, just from all of these experiences. Would that be fair to say? 100%. And I maybe something to mention, I paid my friend to finish high school online for me because I was already making more money than I had time to sit on something that was absolutely not in my direction. But at the same time, don't let it fool you. I mean, I have, as soon as I learn something, like for example, cycling, right? I download or I bought every book around training and cycling. And then when it came to business and marketing, I mean, I've learned everything I possibly could around that field, which is what helped me at least have some sort of foundation. But at the end of the day, I mean, until you put things in action, you know, you have no idea how different markets will react to what anyway. That's when it becomes alive. You know, all these things never come alive until you put them in action, because it's you using the idea. You know, it's not just you read your mouth, somebody else you, and it's like you, it's just like a pair of shoes or a suit. That's how it looks if he's wearing it or she's wearing it. Now, if I put it on, it's not necessarily going to look that good, you know? So (laughs) you have to get yourself involved in it. But by reading the books, you learn and hear about the fundamentals that have been worked for other people. And it gives you an idea of whether or not you're on the right track or not. Even when you're innovative and taking chances and going against the grain, you have an underlying knowledge of how usually things work most of the time in that industry, and which gives you a solid, which is why you go to school anyway, you know, to learn those foundational type ideas. But you got to go beyond the foundation if you're going to go to greatness. And that's what you've been doing your whole time. You get some of this stuff in your mind and you just run with it. And so where did that take you? 
Yeah. And you know, what's actually funny, you know, what my, how I learned how to sell was through MLM. I mean, uh, you know, through this part, I think everyone has been approached by someone at least once in their lifetime, but I made it, I joined this one group during, you know, this time I was in the States and I exceeded in it really quickly, built yeah. this whole leverage, but same thing, like they give you a blueprint, right? And who I was always, I was like, if this is true, if this has worked for somebody else, let me exactly mimic that. And then right. let me improve that upon what I'm learning. And, you know, same thing was frozen yogurt, right? It was a licensing business. So they already had a licensing, figured out how to navigate it. And then same thing was Orange Theory, it was a franchising. And so, you know, anybody that starts something new, it actually is quite beneficial, even if you have a little stake, because you can learn so much through it. Those were my foundations of marketing, sales and branding, and also just like accounting and legal. I mean, this was a whole nother world from in a different country that I had to, you know, figure out. But when I left Hawaii, I basically moved back to Florida. And at that time, so I did do quite a few investments into real estate. And, you know, this was a little bit after 2008 when... Now, you did not move back to the farm in Florida, though, did you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Tampa at first. Yeah. But then also, you know, Cape Coral and Fort Myers, it was a really opportunistic markets for investment. Right after the crash, I joined this group that they were flipping houses and essentially invested and deviated some time with the difference that we were selling it back to European customers for right. international property. So I did a little bit of that in that process. But as the market got more expensive and more expensive, you know, the margins just didn't justify the amount of time and stress that goes into, you know, turning these houses around. And so I went into Orange Theory Fitness location and I noticed something, you know, first of all, they're training just like us, you know, high intensity interval training. Right. They're using Harry monitor. So I was like, that's just like very much like cycling in off season. And then I've also noticed with my business mind that there is like 30, 40 people coming in and out every hour. And I was like, oh, one trainer, this looks really interesting. So, and I was 22 at that time. And I basically decided to drive across Florida to meet the owners. And back then they were in Fort Lauderdale and basically... Here's this kid, right, that comes in there that is asking them, you know, with some business experience, but I would like to franchise one of your regions. And uh, basically, they told me that you've got two days. In two days, there's going to be the dark period. You know, franchises have to redisclose once a year and you cannot sell territories. And if you want it, you know, you can have it. And if you don't, we're just going to keep it. Ironically, I think it was their way to kind of F me off <laughs> politely. Yeah. But uh, I was able to figure everything out, get it done. And I'm driving to A-Town, to Atlanta, <laughs> and uh, basically moving there. Within the six months, we became the fastest growing region in the entire chain. What I was, truly... Was the region Atlanta? Was it Georgia? Was it the Southeast? What was the region? So it was a Georgia state. And uh, I bought it with 25 potential units. But we ended up selling 55 locations and we were able to grow extremely rapidly. And I genuinely think, you know, this is the endurance athlete in me that didn't have a physical strain that just had a space and time to do business. And basically within, you know, six to eight months, we partnered up with the president and CEO. And then we went into something I called the super urban project, where we start going into all of these other regions to either buy back locations or build them or develop them. Right. And uh, 
in that process, I mean, I had stakes in New York, in South Florida, Georgia, Nevada, Bay Area, Oregon, and Hawaii as well, because obviously had the foundation in there. You were moving pretty fast. What kind of staff did you have around you this time? So, I mean, it started with a few people. And I mean, we I've developed a whole ecosystem basically beside the actual company, because at the beginning, I mean, I wasn't making money basically until I exited. It was continue oh, wow. to roll everything backwards. Roll and the back only place... Business, yeah. yeah, because I wanted to try to scale as far as I could without any support. And I basically built another company that was the A to Z support with the franchise. So I had like audio needs, I had an architect, I had a GC that was, you know, verified that has done it for us. And my whole thing was that, you know, we're going to be cheaper than the market, but it's going to be effective because we've done it. And so I actually ended up making money on that side of the business. Uh, yeah. Yep. Now, yep. But what kind of staff did you have? Assistants or executive assistants or people make phone calls, you know, set up things, do... What kind of staff did you have in Atlanta? How quickly did you assemble that? Yeah, so at first, I mean, we, so when we started, you know, we just had about 10 to 15 people per location, sometimes 20. Right. And that would be instructors, that would be uh, would sales. Atlanta, you had 25. You said, okay, so you go to Atlanta. Did you go to Atlanta by yourself? So I had a partner uh, or wife at the time, or soon yeah. to be wife, and we had a baby on the way at the same yeah. time as well. You move your family to Atlanta. Now, did yep. you go around to 25 locations and meet them all in person or just call them on the phone or have a big Zoom call? And uh, No, so I went in there. There was nothing open. So that's how we grew so fast. It was completely. So when I joined Orange Theory, there were only six locations open. There was five employees. You know, now it's a multi-billion dollar franchise. But I literally was there at the start. And so I went into Atlanta to have to find all the real estate, find all the franchises, find all the deals. And that's what we did the fastest in the region because we were able to grow so fast. So what would you do your first day, your first week, your first month in Atlanta? What'd you do? Yeah, good questions. It's actually, thank you. It's funny to go back in time into that boy that I was. Right. But first thing first, I mean, I look for real estate broker. So locations was crucial. The second part I GC architect, all of the support system before the actual, you know, opening. And then the third part or the fourth part was pre-sale team. So something that made us extremely successful, we pre-sold about three to four months before opening every location. And that was the secret recipe, to be honest, because we would not open location under 250 members. So we knew what the break-even, you know, was. And we started every single location in positive from the first month. And that made us so strong because our, you know, return was insane. Now, was your name on the lease for all of these? Was your name on the lease for all these locations? Because it, yep. like, it was yours. You went in and you signed your name on the lease and then you started hiring people, right? Uh, yep. You started hiring salespeople and staffing up, right? Like ran ads in the paper. How did you go about, and, you know, sell them on the dream of we're going to do something exciting? And how did you, you said you'd learned how to sell. How did you do that? What'd you say? Yeah, yeah. So originally the good old street selling, I mean, some of the most effective things that we did, we put orange bikes all around the locations and we would put them on a major intersection. And basically they were non-functioning bikes, just sprayed orange, and we would lock them there and keep them there for about two weeks. Within two weeks, 
pretty much every radio, TV, were starting to talk about what's the deal with the orange bikes. Uh-huh. And we did a press release. What's the deal with the orange bikes? Orange Theory Fitness is coming into town. And we, when it comes to pre-sale, I mean, it was nuts. I mean, we were on every single 5K race, you know, marathon. We were on, we had a three now, different... How did you get on that? Did you sponsor them or... Yeah, so we would have a booth. So we would have a booth and then I would be... So... <laughs> Funny story. I used to wear a Morphman outfit, like an orange Morphman outfit, and I would be winning these races because I was a professional athlete. So I went in there and I was racing these events and uh, we were literally, you could not see orange after basically six months being there. And within six months, I mean, everybody started, you know, talking about what is this back then they called us orange therapy because they didn't know it's theory. (laughs) Very funny. Wow, but, what a story. And yeah, so it went. Did you open them one at a time, or how did you start doing multiples, or how did you do that? So, you know, at the beginning, I mean, my biggest problem was getting leases, you know, because I was really young and I, on some of them, I, I had my dad support me as well. But even my dad couldn't really help because of there were no assets in America, right? So like there's right. nothing that they yeah. can go after. So I used to keep my beard high just so people don't call me, what is this manager or who are you? Yeah. And my recipe was, I've always asked every single landlord, I want to meet in person. And then I would meet them. I would bring them gifts. I would basically build strong relationship that wasn't built on my financial situation, but it was built on what we can do with their location. And uh, essentially it work for me. I built these relationships. I got a really good deals. That was like one of the probably best part about it. Even San Francisco, we had leases that people would be paying in Atlanta, you know, costs. And so that really, you know, I just duplicated that same approach everywhere. And then, you know, I mean, our team just started exploding. I mean, we had to have a marketing person, you know, event coordinator. We had to have social media person. And uh, then we start building a controller, somebody that's responsible for HR. I mean, we literally had to, you know, continue building. And to be honest, I mean, in this time, I've totally overextended, you know, myself. Absolutely. Because... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and my crazy spirit was looking for more. And I think this is the years of, I would say, even obsession. You know, it became about, it was like a stage race, right? Like I just kept on opening and opening and opening. And I start losing myself in the process. And um, in this time, I also opened the largest yoga fitness meditation studio in Southeast America, which was 15,000 square feet. This amazing concept right next to Orange Theory in Buckhead in Atlanta. And uh, in the same time, I invested into a a meal plan delivery company. So basically everything was supporting each other, you know, same customer. Where were you in in Bucket? Because I lived in Bucket for like 15 years. So right next to Kima or Fogo de Chao. So that building in between those two. Really, really amazing. And it's there until today. (laughs) So 15,000 square feet for yoga. Well, so it's not just a yoga. So when you think about this, it was a show. I mean, it we had a five senses, different light colors. It was vibration, sound, smell. I mean, I've I would have to show you the thing because it was really crazy. And we actually we ended up getting completely buying out or bought out by TVs and movie scene in Atlanta because it was so great for filming that I ended up, you know, letting that go for that purpose. <laughs> yeah. And of course. As most people know, Atlanta's become one of the big movie capitals of the uh, world. There's like 30 major studios there, at least. And so, wow, you now you're at what age now? 
So I opened the first Orange Theory when I was 23. I remember that. And then, I mean, within the first year, I think we opened about three. And then we had another three franchisees open. So I think we had about six locations, but we sold 18 of them. And so that's what really was crazy how many we were able to sell. And what I did back then, I wouldn't sell anybody. So I kept all of the best locations like Midtown, Buckhead and all of the surrounding. And then I would franchise out everything around it. So around the perimeter, as well as like Athens and Savannah and beyond. Basically, I made a minimum. I need you have to buy three licenses at one time. So that way I know that that person is serious. They also have the capital and they're going to not just treat it as like a side business. And that really was the secret recipe, how we scaled so quickly that we look for specific type of, you know, investor. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whiteallonwinning.com. Thanks for listening.